the show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal. No, 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 no. We take part ourselves. Yep. When they make the claims, we show up so you do not have to. I am Ross Blotcher. And I'm Carrie Poppy, and we're back at Rhythmia. Oh, look, here we are. It's Costa Rica. It's lovely. Exactly. It's January 24th, 2018, and here we are in Costa Rica. It's a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So I... what did you do this day? You had a hard night. <sighs> yes, as we all know, it was very tough for me. It was hard for me to sleep. Didn't get as much sleep as I like to. As you know, I like to get at least nine hours, and I probably only got like seven. Hmm. Yeah, I know. So I got up. I went to breakfast. I had a bunch of fruit, some coffee, some beans, and some rice. Nice. And yeah. So I talked to three people who had had very different experiences the night before. Oh, really? Yeah. One had a great experience, one had a terrible experience, and one felt nothing. Jeez, all over the place. Yeah. So I'm like, gee, I wonder what happened for Ross. Your mileage may vary. Exactly. Th- that is really part of the fun, though, is just hearing other people's reactions and how they're feeling about the next night. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are apprehensive at this point. Oh, yeah. So you are not alone when you are apprehensive here because others are as well. And they warned us, you will want to escape. (laughs) You will want to leave by Wednesday. And they said it jokingly, but they're kind of right. They said it kind of jokingly, like, haha, we know this sounds funny. (laughs) But but there's barbed wire. (laughs) So at 9 a.m., I went to a talk called The Answer Is You, which we talked about before, but this is sort of a running series. The Answer Is Me, got it. So this one was also led by Paola, who we mentioned before. When we got in there, not a lot of people. Really? Oh, go figure. Yeah. Yeah. I think because you all had been high the night before. Yeah. And they let us out again earlier. So it was only an eight-hour ceremony instead of a 10-hour ceremony. Oh, okay. But yeah, I can imagine many people were tired. I staggered onto breakfast much later and uh, sat with four guys and we were comparing notes and our stories as well. A very similar kind of range of people's responses. Some were nervous, some weren't. Some had a great night, some didn't. But yeah, I, I wandered into the meeting around 10 o'clock. Okay. I was taking my sweet time because <laughs> you had volunteered to catch all the morning yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. This was now really my duty. So uh, yeah, fill me in. What did you... Which, you know, when you think about it, isn't that fair? Like I took the tincture, which is just as powerful as the regular ayahuasca. If not more powerful. Yeah, exactly. And then still had to come to this 9 a.m. talk, but... Well, you didn't do it that last night. No, I didn't. <laughs> and I didn't even have access to Quit the tincture Quit whining, anymore. whiny pants. Well, it was just that first night was so stressful for me. But anyway... I'll get over it. Oh, I so, see the tincture here. Can I take some? Yeah, yeah. Here, I'll do it too. All right, ready All right, for so an I'm intense. Shaking it. Whoo, we're living All on right. the wild side. We are taking the homeopathic tincture of ayahuasca. I took ten squirts as instructed. At some point in the distant past, these water molecules in here touched water molecules that touched water molecules that touched water <laughs> molecules that touched ayahuasca, maybe. Mm-hmm. It burns. Is it? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, you're right. Guys. I remember that. Wait until we tell you how we procured this and got <laughs> to take it home. And Yeah, we teased that oh, before. Man. Yeah. Carrie, oh. Carrie worked her magic. Yeah, you'll like it. Okay. Okay. I'm you have sw- one, too. I swallowed it. Yeah. Okay, swallowed mine, too. Whoa. All right. So we started out introducing everyone and everyone gave a word for where they were emotionally oh okay they ranged from incredible to shit 
(laughs) (laughs) And I said, content. She liked that. Good. Yeah, she was happy for me. We did a quick meditation. And then she said, actually, trick question. The answer was you. Very good. Oh, no. (laughs) I'm going to hear this for the rest of this talk. (laughs) So then we did a quick meditation and then... We talked about the writer Viktor Frankl, the Holocaust survivor who wrote Man's Search for Meaning. Oh, yeah. And he said that even the Nazis couldn't take away his freedom. So likewise, if he could preserve his sense of freedom and autonomy in that situation, so much more the case for us. All right? No, all right. Fair enough. So then we started talking about our identity. Now, Ross, what would you say is your identity? You. <laughs> <laughs> That's the answer. Oh, no. Of what is my identity? Yeah. That is such a big open-ended question. I'm not even sure how to gain purchase on that. Yeah, I could tell you aspects about what I am and who I do and describe who myself. Who you do? Who I do. Oh, well, well, well. There's one special lady in my life. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my identity, I... Love to absorb information. Nope. Nope. That's not it. It can't be your job. It can't be your hobbies. And I'm going to count that as your hobby. Hmm. It can't be your name. It has to be whatever is permanent about you. I'm feeling less free at this moment. (laughs) Whatever is permanent. I I permanently like to absorb information. I mean, yeah, you might stop wanting to absorb information, but probably not. But likewise, your name's pretty permanent, right? Oh, I guess so. I could change it. Right. Right. But you could also change like, you get what I'm saying. The answer is you. <laughs> yeah, what did what did but, you say? And then what did she say to what you said? And then how did you get angry at her correcting what you said? Whoa, what? No, that didn't happen. <laughs> oh. I couldn't think then of an example. Well, then what? I don't know how to answer what your question then. What have you left then. me? Yeah. yeah. But she kind of moved on. So, all right. All right. Then she told us that her spiritual journey began with reading The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Oh, okay. One of those standard management type books. Right. We carry it at work with our other leadership books. Well, she said it's a very linear masculine book, but she still got a lot out of it. Okay. I guess men talk in a more linear fashion. I have heard that before. I don't know if that's actually been studied or accurate. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So she said she learned something from this book that's changed her life. And that's that for every stimulus... You give a response as a human being, right? Yeah. And most of us think of ourselves as sort of locked to that stimulus. Our response is out of our control. Whatever we felt or thought in the moment, we had no control over. Okay. And she says, no, no, no. There's actually a space between stimulus and response. And in that space is what you really are. It's freedom. It's the power of choice. It's the power of pausing. So for Hmm. every situation that arises to take that moment yeah be control of your own reaction i feel like i've given speeches to this effect at Ah. various uh conferences when i've talked about the benefits of taking that moment to pause and consider and weigh your response and finding the nicest version of it so i sign on to that at least in principle i I sign on to it too actually it reminded me a lot of cognitive behavioral therapy Mm. which is kind of about the same idea like you know not letting your emotions rule you and just stopping and being like okay this is what's happening this is the reaction i'm having and because the one thing you can change is your behavior yeah no that's all legit so she asked us oh no she asked us what meaning do you give all that happens to you (laughs) but basically it was about 
What do you tell yourself? Like, what stories are you telling yourself about who you are because of the world around you, because of things people have said about you or things people have said to you, different things that have happened to you? Okay. What are the beliefs that you've built up around yourself? Yeah, yeah. She asked for a definition of the word belief. Oh, what, what would you call it, belief? How would you define it? A belief. Just any idea or claim that can be stated as a sentence that you hold to be true. Yeah, okay. I said uh, a conviction about how the world works. Yeah, okay. So she said, that's good, but it's also the things we tell ourselves habitually. And the most common belief is, I'm not good enough. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. That's that's rough. Hardcore. Hey, everybody listening, you You're are good, good enough. enough. Probably. Who's good enough? The answer? Is you. You got it. We also learned that 95% of our thoughts are subconscious. I don't know how you'd measure that, Ross. I don't know how you'd measure that. <laughs> Where would that number come from? <laughs> it sounds a lot like 94% of people will get their miracle. Right, or 85% of all statistics are made up on the spot. Or we only use 10% of our brains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, I will take that one with a big grain of salt. But a Point taken. Okay, we have a rich and flowering subconscious experience. For sure. And that's definitely true. And that's impacting you all the time. She told us emotions are our GPS. They help us navigate uh, okay. this world. I remember without... her saying that in another talk. She mostly said it helps us navigate this world, but I felt like, oh, it's kind of a cool analogy too because your GPS, you can ignore, you can overrule. You can say, okay, here's the suggestion oh. being offered to me, but I can You want me to drive it. into the lake, but I right. choose- <laughs> I am not Michael Scott and I will around. not do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so listen, Ross, your beliefs power your thoughts, which power your emotions, which power your behavior, which power your habits- which power your reality. So okay. take that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> so then we talked a little bit about how sometimes we get passed on beliefs from our parents or our culture that maybe serve them but don't serve us. And oh, did she tell the story about the family where they cut the end off the turkey? What? You've never heard this before? No. Oh, okay. This is usually offered as the example for this kind of story where every... Thanksgiving, they're preparing the family turkey, and they- Why? What's the family turkey going to go do? <laughs> it's getting eaten by oh, the family. Oh, God. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, they probably never met this turkey before. They oh, bought okay. it at a- Anyways, this woman would cut off the end of the turkey, and she was teaching to her daughter, this is the whole process. And the daughter said, well, why do you cut off this end? Of There's still perfectly good meat there. And so then the mother says, oh, well, I don't know. My mom taught me that way, and that's just how we do it. Uh, and so then they went and asked her mom, and she she said, oh, I don't know. I can't remember how many levels of moms there were. Maybe uh -huh. it was just one more. But if, they went to the rest home, and then th there they found the grandma and said, why did you teach us to cut off the end of the turkey? And she said, oh, my pot wasn't big enough. <laughs> and so I had to cut it to fit. All uh, right. And now they're just doing this pointless thing because it's the tradition. She didn't tell that story? She did not. All right. But that's a good story. Maybe we could make it like a tofu inside yeah. of a casserole. So dish. the next the next <laughs> layer then of not following those traditions would be to just get a tofurkey. Get a tofurkey. <laughs> exactly. Save the life of a bird. <laughs> there you go. Then that you heard it here, that's the lesson. No, her example was that her grandma hated men. Paula's grandma, that is. Oh. So Paula So still involved a grandma. Yeah, actually, yes. <laughs> okay. So Paula's grandma apparently had twelve kids. Her husband was killed as a hostage. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. And, you know, so she was she was in this terrible situation surrounded by hostile soldiers. And so she came to hate men just like to survive. She had to see every man as a threat. A potential threat. Right. Yeah. So 
Paula said that belief was unwittingly passed down to her mother and then to her. That's a lot like the movie Coco, where they hate yeah. all musicians yeah. in their family. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Just go see Coco. You don't need to go oh, to Rhythmia. Just go see Coco. Such a good movie. <laughs> but yeah, she examined it and she was like, why do I have all this hostility for men? Where did that come from? And she remembered this culture in her family and thought about where the origin came from. And she said, okay, you know what? I don't have to resent my grandma for that. It really mm-hmm. served her. She needed that. Right. But, but it's I no don't need it. longer relevant to my life. Yeah. yeah good so for her. So she was able to let it go. Yeah, pretty great. She's so sensible. <laughs> totally. A font of wisdom. That is Paola. Indeed. Then Paola went on to talk about behavior and how do we change behavior. You know, a lot of us have habits we want to break, but it's easier said than done. She said, well, she had had a real habit of overeating, which is hard to believe. Paula's a very tiny lady. Yeah. But apparently she's lost a bunch of weight. So she said she tried to change her behavior at the time, but she kept failing. And so she'd set these goals. Don't overeat. And then something would, you know, trigger her anxiety or whatever throughout the day. She'd fall into that old behavior of snacking on something unhealthy. She'd see a really good donut. Sure. Yeah. Um, And then she can resist that. And then she'd feel guilt and shame Mm. for having succumbed. And then, okay, now she's back at the goal and the goal feels even more pressing, but also even more of a threat of failure again. And so it became this vicious cycle. We've all played that game with one thing or another. Oh, 100%. She said, and you know, there's lots of adrenaline also when you're feeling a compulsion. It's so hard to stay in your mind. But she said the first thing she had to learn was to forgive herself immediately when she screwed up. To not turn it into a cycle of berating herself. Right. Yeah. Which is unproductive. Yeah. And just say, okay. Let's focus on the future. And also like, sometimes I'm going to eat crap food. This was just one of those times. Yeah. Yeah. That's all right. And that that's what helped her break the cycle that she wouldn't have expected that forgiveness came first. Hmm. That That's what finally worked for her. So then we talked about the body temple, how it is holy. And there are a lot of ways to honor your body temple, Ross. You can move. You can sleep. You can give it nutrition. You can meditate. You can hydrate. You can hygiene. And you can also emotional hygiene. You can also emotional hygiene. Okay, so there's like an equivalent of brushing your teeth and putting on deodorant for your emotions. Exactly. Okay. Clipping your emotional fingernails. Yes. This is like whatever you do to keep yourself in the right mindset, whether that's your yoga practice, whether Uh, that's going to church, whatever, that's your emotional hygiene. I like that way of thinking of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. She said, an emotion that doesn't mean anything to you takes about 90 seconds to go through your body, but it's emotions that attach to a belief that stay with us so long. Oh. They trigger some past belief about ourselves or the way the world works that really troubles us. I think of bioaccumulation, like certain molecules that stay in our bodies. Uh, you know, people talk about the difference between methyl and ethyl mercury. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just what it reminds me of. I like that. Okay, so... Some emotions can stick with you if they're tied to a belief. To a belief. That makes sense. Because, I mean, the things that have, like, hurt my feeling the most are definitely, like, because, oh, you know, I worry that that's what I'm like or whatever, and someone's kind of pushing your buttons about Right. If someone criticizes you and you realize, oh, they they just don't understand me, then it says more about them. But if they say something that actually taps into your self-critique. Right. And it's like, oh, man. Yeah. Shoot, someone else recognizes that in me. Right. Or something someone else has said about me. And so, you know, I fear that that's who I am. It doesn't have to always be you, of course. But in this case, the answer is you. You. (laughs) So she recommended a documentary called E-Motion, E-Motion on FMTV.com. If anyone wants to go watch that, I have not. She had a very clever saying. You know you love her clever sayings. Oh, wait, wait. Is it... 
emotion is motion in action? Nope. Okay, cause she said that later when I came, I came into this class late. Right. Which is a Tony Robbins-ism that we've heard. No, she said resentment is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Oh, that's complicated. Oh, uh, I love it. Yeah, no, that's cool. Yeah. All right. Drinking poison, expecting the other person to die. Yeah, okay. You're only hurting yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. The other person's just like, he looks upset. Who are you really hurting? The answer is you. That's correct. Yes. That's a Stanton Friedman reference from our (laughs) Ozark Mountain UFO Conference episodes. Just in case anyone is like, why does Carrie keep saying yes? Yes. So, yeah, when your habits grab you, you can listen to what emotions are lying under them. If you want to go snack and you think, all I feel is this food craving, stop and be like, are you sure that's the only thing? Or are you also feeling anxious or sad or self-judgment? Mm. And deal with those feelings before you make the decision about An- what Another to vote for just installing that pause in your yeah. life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Positive makes- thinking. Mm, mm. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Generally makes you a more reflective person more considered, less fast to rush to judgment and anger and impulse. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this might have been about when you came in. She told us that she was a certified coach in heart math. Which oh, yeah. Is, uh, yeah, I heard her say Betty that. Robbins promotes. And then she had us do the this is me exercise. You were there for that, weren't you? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And I remember with the heart math Thing. She was talking about how the, our hearts form before our brains do. Ah, uh, right. And I wasn't sure what relevance that had. <laughs> Me neither. But okay. Well, you know, a puppy smells before she opens her eyes. So there you go. Interesting. Interesting. Dogs, first of all, their sense of smell. And all then right. their sense of hearing and then their sense of sight. So they have nose math. <laughs> exactly. Okay, listener, dear listener, I want you to do an experiment. I want you to turn to the person next to you or to the wall next to you, point to yourself and say, this is me. Go ahead. This is me. I'm doing it to Jackie Onassis over there. Okay. So guys, everybody listening, did you point at your chest? Did you? I did. Exactly. Uh, That's because our real souls and self are inside of our hearts. Uh, oh, oh, I fell right into that. Okay. Yeah, I didn't point at my brain. That would feel like I'm shooting myself. This is me. <laughs> Finger to the head. Well, that's the point. Because if you want to... No, no, I'm not going to follow that thought. Never mind. <laughs> she told us we talk about the brain as if that's where everything's happening. And yet, when you actually ask someone who they are... They point to their heart. Touche. Yeah. Oh, very clever. Though, when you point at your heart, three fingers are pointing at your away from your heart. <laughs> <laughs> now, I think you and I talked about this later, and I asked you, do you feel like you feel your emotions in your chest? And you said no. No, I don't. That's so crazy to me. You really feel you do, huh? Oh, uh, yes. I definitely physically feel most of my emotions in my chest. Oh. Not all of them, but definitely love. Hmm. Interesting. Definitely sadness. Only if it's something that affects my breathing significantly, then I would say. That's so crazy. Huh. I can't even imagine right now what it is to be you. I am similarly trying to imagine what your emotions would feel like. Huh. Okay. Yeah. So when you feel the feeling of love, when you look at your son, Andrew, and you feel the feeling of love, is there a physical sensation anywhere? I... I don't feel like there's a center of it. Sometimes when I do have those moments of feeling, like, oh my goodness, I just love him so much. You know, like 
I, it'll bring tears to my eyes, but okay, so maybe something in the face. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, I just don't see it centering around my chest. But you do. <gasps> so crazy. Yeah. No. Totally. I mean, sometimes things will be in my stomach a little bit, especially you know, like fear kind of mm-hmm. stuff. But sad and most happy feelings, I would say, are in my chest. Okay. Bizarre, Ross. So then we did a kindness meditation. She recommended. Some monk in particular. Who, uh, Pema Chodron. There we go. Yeah. Who, who teaches kindness meditation. Sounded a lot like loving kindness meditation. Is there a distinction? I think there is. I think loving kindness meditation is a very specific thing. Okay. There's uh, And there's different forms of that even. Right. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not, clearly not the person to ask. Usually um, it has something to do with imagining a lot of people in your life, people you know well, people you kind of know, people you don't know. Right. And just you know, covering them in love and thinking loving thoughts about them. Yeah. Very pleasant thing to do. So in this case, you say your emotion out loud. So even if it's a negative one, even if it's hostility, it's mm. hostility. Then you breathe in, feel the emotion, let it live there, and then breathe out and send blessings to everyone in the world feeling the same thing. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I like, okay. Yeah. That seems very much related. Cool. Yeah. Now, is the idea that they're actually benefiting from it somehow? I don't know. Uh, she didn't say that. Well, it seems like a healthy thing to do regardless. Yeah. So we were told that women's biggest source of shame is the body temple, and men's biggest source of shame is being perceived as weak. Okay. That's stereotypical. Yeah. You know, now that I think of it at Rhythmia, there were a few things that were very like gender bifurcated. We run into that so much in our mm-hmm. investigations. And yeah. And we were getting little glimpses of that here. Oh, this men the, are this way. Right. Women are this way. And this is the kind of place that I would expect to recognize like, oh, there are gender non-binary people and there are trans people. Not when you are... get in line for your ayahuasca on night two. <laughs> right. Yeah. There are people who, you know, are women who are fine with their bodies. Eventually, so they're going to get someone who'll be like, um... What line do I stand yeah, in? Yeah, yeah. You've put me in the uncomfortable situation of singling myself out. I have in my notes that she had written fmtv.com on the board. Did she ever say anything about that? That's the one I was telling you earlier. Food she wanted matters. Us to watch the emotion. Oh, gotcha. Thing there. Okay. So, oh, wow. I'm looking at my own notes and I had written, this talk was perfect. Best thing I've experienced here. Hey, okay. Yeah, yeah that sounds about right. Cool. Oh, on this website, they've listed David Wolf. You know, David Avocado Wolf yeah, as one of their people that you learn from the best. Oh, I see. Learn from the best and become your best. If anyone hasn't heard of David Avocado Wolf, he is the proponent of many bad ideas on the internet. That's right. That's a good, concise CV title for him. Oh, Dr. Mercola. uh, Oh, no. Ditto. Yikes. So that was, uh, that's my wrap up of Paula's talk. So much wisdom, Carrie. So much. Thank you. Gratitude. Of course. But. It is my pleasure. You know what I could really use right now? Uh, a Sunday? Well, that sounds fantastic, actually. But I was thinking maybe a good podcast recommendation. Oh, oh my God. Oh, that's perfect. Because if you're listening to this, you probably like podcasts. I've just been sitting here trying to hold in a podcast recommendation. Oh, you got one? Go so oh, what's that big red button next oh, to you? Push it, push it, push it. 
I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott, and we're the host of Everything's, Everything's Coming, Coming Up, Up Simpsons. Simpsons. We are a Simpsons podcast brand new to the Maximum Fun Network, and every episode we cover a different episode of The Simpsons um, that is a favorite of our special guests. We've had guests that are showrunners and writers and voice actors like Nancy Cartwright, all people that have worked on The Simpsons, and we've also had guests like Weird Al and people that are on the Max Fun Network already. And each week we will talk to a very cool guest about their favorite episode, and it is so much fun. So if you like The Simpsons, come listen to Everything's Coming Up Simpsons. All right. Smell you later. Ah, Thank you. That was good. Gratitude. So I wanted to try out some of the facilities, some of the other things I hadn't checked out at this point, because you were going to the class for me, Mm. and I thought, I want to try this mud bath Mm, that they mentioned. So I walked over to the spa, and that was the same place they were offering massages. I had signed up for a massage on a later date, but there was no one at the front desk, which is often the case. Yes. And I was, yes. And I was just standing there for the longest time. There's a sign there that says quiet. There's a session in progress. It's like, oh, I don't want to disturb anybody. So I'm just standing around looking at their essential oils and all that. And eventually someone else walks in and just breezes past me and goes towards the back. I was like, Mm. oh, I guess you can do that. So I wandered toward the back. And that's where the mud baths were. So I wasn't sure if someone has to guide you through to them. So now you know anybody Uh going to Rhythmia, just walk on back, back at the spa. It's self-service. So yeah, you head back there and you see right upon arrival that they have like a deck and it's all covered with this whitish dust from other people using this mud Mm. that you're going to be putting on you. You're pulling up a picture. Can I see? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. So it's like a true pool filled with mud. No, not quite. Those are both water pools. Oh, okay. Okay. One is hot and one is cold. Got it. And there's little pots in the back that have the actual mud in them. Oh. That's that's the thing that has all the drippy stuff coming down from it. So you don't get in a big vat of mud? No, you do not. Oh. Oh, you're disappointed? I don't know. That's just what I pictured. Okay. So there's like a list of instructions on how to do this for yourself. So instructions for the volcanic mud treatment. Number one, take a shower. So there's little outdoor showers. So you do that. Thankfully, it's not too cold. Uh, Then you enter the steam room for 10 to 15 minutes. Oh, no. That steam room is freaking hot. I hate that. Yeah, you didn't end up doing this, did you? I didn't. Oh, because I I knew you would not be comfortable in there because I was having a hard time breathing. You have to will yourself to breathe in this super hot air. Oh, fuck. And then the benches are all super hot too. Ah. But I feel like laying down, and so I'm just trying to like bear through the intense heat of lying on that rock and breathing in this Venusian air. You do that, and I could just barely hold on for 11 minutes. So I was like, that's it. That's enough. And I was trying to look at my phone to get the time reference, and my phone is all steaming up, oh, and, yeah. and I can't like touch the buttons or anything. I'm like, oh, great. I'm probably destroying my phone. Then, number three, you apply the mud on your skin and wait for it to dry. Okay. So I put mud all over me. I look pretty cool, all covered in mud. Took a few photos of that. Then number four, you take a shower again. Uh-huh. All right. So, so I waited a long time for the mud to dry. Another guy came along from Canada and well, he didn't come directly from Canada, but that's where he's from originally. And at first I was talking to him while he was getting started. He seemed a little terse at first, didn't want to talk to me. So I thought, oh, okay, this guy doesn't want to be bothered. But then later on he came out and we chatted at length and had a great conversation and he was interested in the podcast. Anyways. Nice. So yeah. then I hope you're here, sir. So your skin gets all crackly and you look like an elephant because you just have all this 
thick gray oh, sure. caked cracked mud on you and then it's kind of cool after you've let it dry and then you start to move again then oh, yeah, 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 yeah you feel yourself like breaking out there was as a, if you've just been made yeah as i was coming in there were two people who were kind of on their way out and they explained the whole process to me and one of them was saying oh i feel so powerful when i move my arms and i feel all this mud crackling oh around it. Like, yeah i'm this mighty sculpture that just broke free then once you've taken your shower then you go into the hot water pool that's the one on the left for 10 minutes so you hang out there so while you've got your mud on you no, after you've taken the shower to get the mud oh, off. Oh, missed that. Okay. So then I chatted with the guy from Canada for quite a while in the hot water pool. And then you go over to the cool water pool for another 10 minutes. And pretty uh, fantastic. So then what's your skin like afterward? Is it all nice and smooth? Yeah, it's soft and smooth. Yeah. All right. Happy, healthy skin. Okay. It was nice. That sounds I nice, had a, except for that steam bath part. Right. And I had a, a beard going on. I'd grown out my beard for the ayahuasca trip. And so... It took a while to get all the uh, mud out of there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You do mid trap. You do have that residual, like, you know, your swimming trunks smell like the the mud. And you smell like the mud and everything is mud. I didn't take like a proper shower until the next evening after the uh, ayahuasca ceremony that night. Oh, wow. I still had residual mud. Oh, that might, yeah, that's when you kept talking about whether you were muddy and smelly. Right. Yeah, Yeah. I was a little worried that I smelled bad. Well, cool. I did go use the gym as well because they told us on the first day that no one uses the gym. Oh, right. There was like one person working in there and I think she was just checking her phone or something. So I ended up alone in a room. and Yeah, all the weights were just around haphazardly and uh, it was clearly not used very often, but it had everything you needed there. So I worked out for a bit. Nice. And then we met up at some point. Well, I went to meditation. Oh, let's hear about that. Well, so first I read in a hammock for about 10 minutes. This was the day I read about Atticus Finch shooting a dog with rabies. Very sad. I love reading in a hammock. Yeah, me too. I, I was reading The Evolution Underground on this trip. So I, every time I got a chance, I would sit in the hammock and read that. Speaking of books, y'all do write us a lot of emails asking us if we have a list of all the books we mentioned. Yes. Um, not This isn't a complaint. I get why you ask. But we have not written them down. It's a very I'm good, sorry. It's a very logical request, and we should yep. put this on our website at some point. We're going to work on a redesign for our website, yeah, and that'll definitely be on there. But in the meantime, you can check out my books on Goodreads, and Carrie keeps a list on Amazon. Yeah, I keep two lists. One is of recommended reading on sort of critical thinking and cultic groups and stuff like that, and then the other is just a list of things we've read on this show, like Rails books or Dianetics. So we're really bad about making show notes. Yep. But for this one, let's put in show notes that give people links to the books that we read. Where would the show notes be? So on our website and on Maximum Fun, we will include the links to some of the books we've read, at least so you have that as a reference, because a lot of people do ask us. It's true. So it was time for meditation for me. Everyone was going into the same room where you had your ayahuasca ceremonies. Yes. But it's sort of that. Yes. (laughs) It was the outdoor deck part. Everyone was finding mats and pillows. And they also had those back supports where your butt's on the floor, but then there's like a... uh, 45 degree angle. Yeah. A little chair that comes up behind you, but they're foldable. Your butt is helping hold in place. Yes, exactly. They had those. So I decided, oh, I'll use one of those. That sounds nice. So I used that for meditation. And I saw Rose Marie and I asked her how uh, her night had gone the night before. And she said, oh, it was a lot better because the first night was really hard. But this time was a lot better. Okay, good. 
So we did the meditation, which was very lovely. We met our inner child and held them and said sorry for anything that had been done wrong to them, gave them any messages we needed to give them. It's very sweet. Yeah. And then pictured, I can't remember exactly what the instruction was, but it was something like picture a dream place that would make you happy. And I pictured having an animal sanctuary at my home. Yeah. Pretty lovely. And I left feeling very good. So then I went off to lunch and I had one (laughs) bean patty, some chips and yum sauce, some olives, some veggie saute, a coffee and a water. I had lunch as well. It's weird because you only get breakfast and lunch, but every morning at breakfast after the ayahuasca, I I was just like so depleted of energy. I barely had much of an appetite. Yeah. And I'd say lunch would be my biggest meal of the day, but you still don't eat that much. Yeah. So I did lose weight overall at Rhythmy. I came back and I dropped uh, at least three, four pounds. Yeah. I think you told me it was six Oh, it was even more. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Because I lost three pounds and I I wasn't even doing ayahuasca. (laughs) Well, Carrie, that sounds wonderful. It was. But you know what else is wonderful? What? Birthdays. Oh, I love a birthday. And you know what else is wonderful? Drew just had a birthday and it was great. Yeah. Yeah, happy birthday, Drew. I'll tell him. And you know what else is wonderful in conjunction with birthdays? Lucas Meyer. Jumbotrons. Oh, also Jumbotrons. That's right. Yeah, baby. Lucas Meyer. So- I'm very sorry to say this is probably belated. It could very well be belated. We're not 100% sure, but that is our screw up, not Richie Goff's. Yeah, Richie Goff says, happy birthday, Lucas. I just want you to know how much I love being your husband and listening to shows that make us laugh together, like Oh No, Ross and Carrie. You are my rock, my friend, and my cutie biscuit. Here's to many more years of adventure and fun together. Love, Richie. Yeah, yeah, that's so sweet. And love from us too. Yes, happy birthday. And if this is late, it's even better because things that are old appreciate value. That's putting a positive spin on it. (laughs) Thanks, guys. So after that, I went to a talk by Christian De La Huerta. Oh, you had a very full dance card this day. I did. Well, I was trying to make sure I was keeping up my half of the deal of this podcast Well, I went to Christian's talk, and it was all about relationships, which was kind of going to be the theme for him this week. Hmm. And right away, I walked in, and he was already taking questions. Oh. And I was like, this is the not the usual order of things. Yeah. But then I started to think, oh, okay, it went on for like a while, and I was like, this is kind of like a Sot song. Mm. Uh, Which you may remember from our Self-Realization Fellowship episodes. So the idea is that you have sort of a brilliant teacher in your midst and people just ask them questions Uh, about various pieces of wisdom. Or very likely he didn't have a talk prepared and said, oh, let's just, you know, Mm -hmm. shoot me questions and I'll answer them. That seems very possible. But yeah, he was just like, who's got questions? Who's got questions? The first one I heard was, can you forgive someone and feel whole without letting that toxic person back in okay. to your life? Uh, and he what said, was the answer? He said, to diffuse the charge of that person's toxicity. Now that I think of it, it's not really much of an answer. But um, mm. he said, if you forgive them, their toxicity just has no power anymore. I'm not sure if that's true. I hate to say it. Uh, I attended his first talk, and there was just nothing that really inspired me to go back for more. Mm-hmm. And you're yeah, not yeah. making me 
feel bad that I wasn't there. <laughs> He's a very nice guy. I talked to him a little bit and I liked him. Totally. But maybe not a super strong speaker. Okay. So he said, when you're concentrating on toxic people, think, I'm sorry. I forgive you. I love you. Thank you. Because they offered something to you. They came into your life for a reason. Okay. All right. So then he's like, any other questions? Any other questions? And someone raised their hand and said, well, how do you forgive someone who's betrayed you but also won't talk to you? Asking for a friend. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Very specific. It's always so dicey when you're both clearly asking for yourself. Like, this is clearly not hypothetical. And you're kind of removing all the details of it. So it's kind of a hollow shell of a question. Right. You're vague booking on something that needs details to answer. Right, right. Sure. But please give me, like, deep wisdom about it. (laughs) Um, But Christian had an answer. He said, think about how you've betrayed yourself. For example, maybe you've settled for partners who aren't a match for you. Okay. Once you realize how you've betrayed yourself... You can forgive others for also betraying you. Huh. All right. It's not Paola level wisdom or anything. Yeah, exactly. It's funny you should mention Paola because next he mentioned the Heart Math Institute. Hey. So he said, the heart has a scientifically measurable energy field. We get more information from the heart to the brain than the brain to the heart. Mm, uh, what, what does that even mean? I mean, that might be sure. true but okay. it's not necessarily significant but it might be true <laughs> and the heart responds to disturbing images before the eye can even process it do you believe that i could see that potentially being true i could see it being that like before your brain tells you exactly what you're looking at yeah i'm not sure if that counts as your eye processing maybe your heart it, reacts it. right sure but i i get what he was going for there yeah. maybe yeah again what is the relevance all right I'm guessing these heart math people just read through studies and look for interesting little factoids that they can rip out mm-hmm. and use out of context. Right, right. Decontextualize for their purposes. Look, heart's important. Did you know, Ross, that there are machines that study energy, just the psychic energy around us, and they went crazy two minutes before the 9-11 attack? <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, goodness. Okay. All right. Okay. So even if that were true, then how would you even use that information to prevent future attacks? Somewhere. I don't know. Did the ones closer to New York have a stronger response? What are these machines? What do they measure? This is ridiculous. (laughs) Well, I don't know that the message was supposed to be we should have prevented the 9 11 attacks. I think it was just that, like, look how crazy unseen energy is. That somehow there's this predictive force that goes out. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, and why don't we use it to predict other massacres or mm-hmm. terrorist Can I events? See these machines too? Yeah, did they correctly predict other events? I have you, so many questions. Did someone videotape them? I'm calling. Why don't you have the video? I'm calling bull honky. So then he also told us about another study. This one, someone put electrodes in yogurt. And then they asked the yogurt things like, how's your marriage? And the electrodes went crazy. Don't ask any questions about it. That's all I know. (laughs) (laughs) Then, (laughs) Okay. But the yogurt doesn't have a marriage. Uh, Nope. Presumably not. I mean, yeah, I I hate to judge. 
Um, Goodness. Then he talked about the Emoto water experiment. Oh, yeah, I knew we were getting there. Have okay. we talked about this on the show? Maybe in the past. I wrote an article about it, so if you want to do the Emoto, E-M-O-T-O. Yeah, go look up that article. It was pretty fun. I recreated his experiment. It's this guy. Well, he's well known for his water crystal experiments where mm-hmm. they would freeze water, but they would leave different messages on the container for the water and, and say them to them. Yeah, and if there were positive messages, then they like would love and peace produce beautiful crystals. And if there were angry messages, like hate and ugly, gross, then they would get ugly, disorderly crystals. And so then he also did a very similar experiment with rice that Carrie replicated. Yes, and uh, you should look that up. It's very fun. Carrie um, Poppy Emoto. Yeah. Look up and a Google like search that. should get you there. But it very much appears that his study was a little bit of bunk. Um, yeah, any anyone who quotes Dr. Emoto's experiment to you should immediately be the target of your suspicion. <laughs> so at this point, it has still mostly been a Q&A. He's just sort of shooting out random thoughts at us. It tells us that plants react to loving thoughts. Great. Hmm. Oh, and then uh, one woman from Australia raised her hand and she said, you know, there's so many Australians here. I think that was divinely choreographed. You couldn't plan it. And I thought, I bet you could plan it. I bet. Here's what you could do. (laughs) You could market to people in Australia. Yep. That would do it. Wow. That didn't even require a plan. (laughs) Okay, so then we talked about conscious relationships because there are three different types of relationships, Ross. It's probably better when they're conscious rather than unconscious. <laughs> Absolutely. I am 100% behind you on that. We are all for consent. Yep, that's and correct. Consciousness. And wakefulness. <laughs> um, okay, so there are three types of romantic relationships. Number one, you're interested in spiritual growth, but the other partner isn't necessarily interested in that kind of thing, but they support you. They're not saying, it's stupid that you went to Rhythmia. They're just like, oh, not for me, but that's cool. Okay. Type number two, doing the dance together yet separately, which means each cultivating their own garden, which means <laughs> yes, you please. both are taking spiritual journeys that are separate, but you take heart in the fact that you're both seeking. Which means <laughs> one of you goes to Rhythmia, what does the other do? They go the next week? Yep, maybe go to... Catholic Church or something. All right. Okay. 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 And then the third one, both treating the relationship as its own garden. Mm. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. And he says, every time you lie, it's a weed in the garden. Now you can't be in the garden over there. Oh. And this is where it kind of started falling apart for me. Oh, yeah? Okay, the metaphor wasn't holding? Just when he was like, and now you can't go in the garden. <laughs> what kind of relationship trying to picture this horrible weed. is it where you go to Rhythmia and your partner is upset that there is more than one day of using ayahuasca and she didn't think that was going to happen <laughs> and now she's not responding to your text? Oh, dear. What um, kind of, just asking okay. for a friend. Um, <laughs> what kind of relationship is that? That's, I think that's number one. Oh, um, is it? Okay. Other partner isn't necessarily interested in spiritual growth through the relationship, but supports you. Uh, okay. <laughs> supports you one time, not four times. Right. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> next. My wife was not happy. Yeah. She was not happy. It was about understandable. This. It was understandable. But you guys got through it. Everything's okay, everybody. Yeah, we're okay. And the next Jumbotron is for, for <laughs> Carl Blotter. <laughs> I love you, honey. Oh, he had a little saying in his back pocket. He was talking about helpfulness. And he said, But you know, help 
can be the sunny side of control. Man, okay. <laughs> Ross just rolled his <laughs> eyes like into his esophagus. <laughs> well, let me just explain what happened. Like you said that and nothing is communicated to me. I have to stop and I have to hold it in my brain for a bit and run it over again. It's already fallen out now. Say it again. Help. Help. Can be the sunny side. Okay. Help. Well, oh, these are oh abstract. Oh, okay. I this can is, understand this. this abstract. Okay. okay. Help. Okay. You're helping other people. Can be the sunny side. Got it. Continue. Of control. Of control. Okay. So control is bad, but there's a silver lining, or in this case, a sunny side. Ah, <laughs> help. All right. That was a lot of work for very little. <laughs> Well, I think the idea was sometimes we will passive aggressively help somebody so that they'll feel indebted to us or so that we can feel like a martyr, that kind of thing. Oh, okay. So even out of ill intention, you can help others? Is that it? I think you've got the cause and effect reversed. It's like you're helping somebody, sure, but in actuality, what you're really trying to do is control them. Oh, interesting. Okay. If you volunteer See, heard, to help people move s- all the time and then you're like, I can't believe they never helped me. But, you know, you're really doing that so you can keep mm. up this image as like a self-martyr who... Okay. But is, we're talking about yeah, sunny side, so this open. is a positive statement. Yes, but I think he's saying like... I don't like this. I didn't know this would need so much explanation. <laughs> I think he's saying help can be sort of like the euphemism for control. This strikes me with the discomfort of a double negative. Okay. My brain has to... Okay, there you have this concept over here. Okay, let's create an example of that. Okay, now you have this concept. So you don't not hate this. I'm in the wrong line of business doing this podcast (laughs) if those kind of phrases upset me. Yeah, I'm surprised we're still here. Move on. All right. So then he also quoted Carl Sagan. He told us we're made of star stuff. Okay. He didn't acknowledge it was Sagan, but he said it. All right. And he's right. We are made of star stuff. Correct. He told us to take baths. We're really just hearing whatever is hanging out in the back of this man's mind now. Was that connected to anything? (laughs) Take baths, Um, sure. He said submerging the body in water is part of maintenance. You know, probably at the time you were saying this, I was submerging myself in a bath. Oh, yeah. Over by the volcanic mud. You didn't need this talk at all. I'm living the dream. Meanwhile, I hadn't taken a bath or a shower in four years. Well, I'm glad you were here at this talk Yeah, and then I heard that and I was like, fuck. Because I wanted to say something, and I just, I never knew. You're like, if I could just take her to Rhythmia, maybe <laughs> someone will tell her. I never knew how to phrase no, it. No, it's okay. not true. I bathe or shower every day. Um, every day? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, nice being in the 21st century. Yeah, it is. Thank you. People didn't do that in the 1700s. They would bathe, you know, once a year. Sure. Yep. Not now. Okay, I don't even know what this means. I'm looking down at it, and I wonder if I knew what it meant in the moment or You're not. You're looking down at it like... In my notes. Oh, no, no, no. literally. Okay. It says, if the relationship's container hinders either partner's growth, that's when to end it. Okay, no, I think I understand it. The, the relationship the itself is sort of a container of these two people's experience. Okay. So if that's helping you grow, great. But if it's now becoming like literally a containment device for oh, one of okay. you, that's when to end it. All right. Yeah. Didn't have to fight too hard for that one. Yeah, but a little flowery unnecessarily. Well, yeah, and then it made you wonder, okay, wait, what do you mean by a container? Okay. Yeah. All right. To be fair, that's my notes. Maybe he didn't say it that clunkily. So then we talked about love and sex. Sex? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So first love. First love. We talked about M. Scott Peck's The Road Less Traveled. He said, all you need to read is the chapter on love. 
It explains that we confuse love with the feeling of being in love. Oh, okay. All right, cool. I've heard that one before. Then we all argued about whether to put the toilet paper roll coming out over or under the roll. Oh, I think you and I differ on I this. I think so. I'm I'm definitely in the minority in general. Mine like comes under. out on top. Yeah, yeah, like under. The under's uh, just asking for trouble. But you know what? I don't have I don't have strong opinions about that. Did you consider naming your son under? It's very close to Andrew. Yeah, you could have Unders game. No, I did not. I didn't consider that. <laughs> okay, fair enough. We um, once did have a long discussion about Under versus Over in a podcast, and we cut it out. Oh, weird. Because, you know, we save you, listener, <laughs> from <laughs> many diversions. Now a bunch of people are going to be like, I want to hear it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So we learned that the end of the honeymoon is when real loving begins. Okay. Because honeymoon period is just a biological trick. But when you... When you're finally through that initial courting phase, that's when you really like start to have trials together and yeah. really earn your love. Yeah, that's fair. Love is not a feeling. It is an act. It's placing yourself outside your comfort zone for the spiritual growth of another. Sorry, my brain is catching up on that. Love is not a feeling. It's an act. It's placing yourself love, outside your comfort zone. Love, love is a verb is what he's saying. Uh-huh. Okay. Carry on my wayward carry. Good one. Oh, yeah. And then he was kind of making fun of Catholic marriage teachings and how backward they can be. Oh, having a priest who's never been married or in a relationship tell you about how to live your marriage? He said their relationship rules from supposedly celibate men. Oh, we're going to get so many emails now telling us about great marriage counseling they've had from... From priests? Priests. And I'm I'm sure you have. I'm sure it's all true. That's great. Surely. There are good priests. But yeah, anyway, it's it's a little wonky to have them giving you... In, in principle, nice. yeah, it, yeah. It does seem absurd on the face of it. But you know what is not absurd on anyone's face? Sexy glasses? Exactly, Warby Parker. I have this thing where anytime there's a two-word thing where the first word has two syllables and the last word has two syllables, I'll just start singing the song from South Pacific, Warby Parker is the girl I love. Oh, wow. Yeah. That must really plague you all your days. Oh, I hate it. It's awful, (laughs) but it's I have no control over it. Well, Warby Parker is not the girl you love, but Ono, Ross, and Carrie is supported in part by Warby Parker, boutique quality eyewear at a revolutionary price point. So- Ross, I'm a wearer of glasses. Yes. Prescription glasses. I'm more postscription. Right. But, oh, man, I use Warby Parker and I love it. Here's what you do. Yeah. You say, hey, what's up, Warby Parker? I'm on your website. Will you show me some of your glasses? And then it's like, these would look cute on you. And you're like, oh, maybe. I'm not sure. Let me pick five. Yeah. What if I could try some other ones, too? Uh Uh-huh. So you say, maybe I'll pick five that I like. You send them to me. I'll try them on. I'll see how they look. I'll send them back. And if I like them, you'll put lenses in them. But if I don't, I'm out of here. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I've done it too. And I got some fantastic sunglasses, which I wear all the time. I have, I think, three pairs of glasses from Warby Parker. I tried the different pairs on. I took pictures. I sent them out to my friends, asked them which they liked. Uh I did a little informal poll. You could do this too. Take a picture of yourself in all your Warby Parker iterations and say, hey, friends, tell me which makes me look the most attractive and uh, keep those. Send back the rest. I got to just keep that pair because they were non-prescription. Oh, 
Interesting. I, I was I was good to go, sure. but I said, here, Warby Parker, take back the other four. Okay, very interesting. So they started $95, including prescription lenses. So that's a really good deal in that case. Lenses include anti-glare and anti-scratch coatings. And for every pair you buy, a pair is distributed to someone in need. So that's great. So again, the process is you order five pairs of glasses, you try them on for five days, no obligation to buy, uh, they ship free, and they include a prepaid return shipping label. So head to warbyparker.com slash oh no to order your free home try-on today. And after you head to warbyparker.com, and that's W-A-R-B-Y-P-A-R-K-E-R.com slash oh no, O-H-N-O, and place your home try-on order, make sure to download the Warby Parker app from the iTunes app store. Seriously, Warby Parker is the best. It is my favorite of glasses companies. Solid glasses. And you're doing someone else's solid. Bing dong. Speaking of my Warby Parker glasses, they are very attractive on me. Some might say sexy. Exactly. And that is a segue to what Christian was talking about next, sexiness. So he said, listen, nobody is off the hook when it comes to sexiness. I don't care if you're old. I don't care if you're overweight. It's all about how you hold yourself, how you believe in yourself, how you know that you are sexy anyway. And this one. This may be the first thing he has said that I heartily agree with. (laughs) There was a woman probably in about her 60s who said, amen to that. Yeah. I love that. I think this is a rare thing. Because I've talked to other people and they don't seem to feel this way. But I feel like everyone is sexy in their own way. Oh, yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. here's another way to state it that I think might be more controversial. There's no one for whom the thought of them having sex grosses me out. Oh, right. Uh Uh-huh. So there's no one I see and think like, oh, what a gross thought, them having sex. Mm -hmm. No. Mm -hmm. I hope they're having good sex. Right. (laughs) I can't think of anyone it would gross me out to see them having sex except maybe one of my parents. I hope you are all having good consensual sex. Okay, but stop everything. Do you want to see your parents having sex? I I don't have to want to see it, but I can be happy for them to have it. But it doesn't like weird you out to think of it? No. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Because, yeah, that's... But you also don't feel... I wouldn't be here unless they did. Well, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Facts of life. (laughs) I don't know. I've never heard that, so... Okay, so then he said, before patriarchy, sexuality was a sacred pathway back to Mother God... But then we developed these social systems around patriarchy to control women. And now, I feel like now he, we have weird ideas about sex. I suspect he might be referring to an idealized past that never existed. Do, do oh, you, yes. That's y- totally possible. Yeah. I don't, I don't think there was some lovely, wonderful, ideal period before patriarchy where sex was glorified and treated with the respect and honor it deserves. Yeah, I couldn't tell you, but... I imagine it, yeah. we carry baggage going back into our evolutionary past. Um, My yeah, suspicion. Sex, sexism is bad and, and has a long history. And uh, looking down on sex and thinking yeah. of it as dirty. But if God is anywhere, she's also in the genitals and the bathroom. All right. <laughs> I'm going to put that on a sign. I remember always thinking of that as a Christian, like, yeah, Jesus is also seeing me now, and that's kind of yeah. weird, but okay. Oh, totally, totally. I guess he doesn't mind. So he said, approach lovemaking from a place of generosity. I like Christian de la Huerta's thoughts on sex. Okay, well, there's more. Let's uh, see if he okay, ruins all right. it. I'm just kidding. They're all fine. So he says he has a student who's a 60-year-old guy. He's an ex-Mormon with eight kids. and Yeah, I agree with that. That's all true. And had a wife, but realized he was gay and um, ended up starting a second life. Still is a good father to his children. Still has a decent relationship with his ex-wife, but yeah, decided to be true to himself. Our, one of our listeners sent an article recently about 
a family like that where the husband realized I'm gay, I'm not living the right life. They already had kids together, but they amicably parted after mm. writing about this extensively. It was really sweet. Yeah, that's great. And he said, this 60-year-old guy found a 47-year-old very rich guy. And he said, see, you can find a younger sugar daddy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he said, food's like sex. There's fast food. There's healthy food. There's gourmet food. None of these are bad on their own. It's just which things do you want to have a huge quantity of? Oh, you know, probably okay. not the fast food. All right. We all get it. Everything in moderation. Oh. Including moderation. Exactly. That's Ross's favorite Rossism. I love that quote. Isn't it your quote? No, no. Oh. Oh, Others right. have said it before me. Oh, okay. I always attribute it to you, and that's how it's going to stay. Thank you. Um, then he dropped a truth bomb on us that I did not expect. Oh, he wait. Told... Let me get in a bomb shelter. Okay. Truth bomb shelter. Oh, too, ready. Too literal. Got the um, visor down. It turns out that he was celibate for a whole year when he was a monk at an ashram, and he lived under a guru. What? Named Isana Mata, who is now passed on. Yeah, and like he tried to brush over this, and everyone's like, wait, what? Hold on. Wait, that's the most interesting thing about you. <laughs> yeah, right. You were celibate for a year. Yeah, he said he attempted for five years. They were good about failure there. If you failed, it wasn't like this big, huge deal. So sometimes he failed, but even in those five years, he said he could count how many times he failed on one hand. And he said, and that included masturbation. They weren't allowed to masturbate. <gasps> Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, he seemed to have kind of mixed feelings about his experience there. He actually said, yeah, the guru system's like really unique. If you look outside and you see that the sky is blue, but then your guru looks out and says, what a beautiful purple sky, you need to accept that the sky is purple. That's the guru system. Mm, okay. You just sold me off of the guru system. Yeah, that's not a good argument for it. You talked me out of it. But he just kept saying, it's interesting, it's interesting, which I find is what a lot of people say for, it's bad, it's bad. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> so he said, use namaste in sex. See the sacred in your partner as they see the sacred So like you. after you're done, say namaste, namaste with the hands together, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm um, going to try that, see what happens. <laughs> yeah, report back. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, just remember, you I have relationship type number one. <laughs> You're right. And I just realized I feel now like I've promised I will do this, which is I, I should not feel beholden to this promise. No, you shouldn't. Then I went and laid down for a while. It looks like you were at integration. Oh, yeah, I did go to integration for a bit. By the way, I, I got to say, while on ayahuasca, or at least at this retreat, I realized I didn't think about sex. Oh, okay. I, I don't know. Like normally there's an undercurrent. It's not every five seconds or whatever right. that statistic was. But, but it's I, a notion of the many swimming in your head. Yeah. And, and I feel like this week away in Costa Rica, I was thinking about sexual things a lot less than usual. So huh. I don't know if it was just because I was away yeah, or if there was some inhibitory function of the ayahuasca. Ah, so I, I just uh -huh. wanted to throw that out there because even when I got back for a few days, I just wasn't even thinking about it. Huh, okay. Yeah, just for what felt like an unusually long time. So That's really interesting. Yeah, I wonder if there's anything to say about the serotonin, et cetera, there. If any neurologists are listening, let us know your thoughts. Yeah, but that's an outlier. So yeah, next, I did go to the plant integration discussion. It wasn't with Jerry this time. I had missed the previous one, and everyone was saying, like, oh, you should, really should have been there for Jerry's plant integration discussion. Uh-oh. 
So I went this time and it was some of the women shaman. They were going to be leading the session this evening. Mm. And oh, yeah, uh, it's ladies night. So I came in and they were just taking questions and people were talking about their experience. And a lot of people were saying that they had a lovely first night and a miserable second night. Oh, interesting. Which, yeah, was the reverse for me. Even though I had gotten to the depths I had, I was oddly not feeling nervous going into this third night. Oh, right. Yeah. And then it was weird. First night, wasn't nervous. Second night, I was. Third mm-hmm. night, not nervous. Okay, but boy, yes, girl, boy, girl. Right. It seemed like a lot of people were uh, reversed on that. And as I was listening to people just kind of share their stories, I thought, Oh, well, I've already heard so many of these stories at meals with other people, and I feel like that was a little more intimate, and I was getting more out of it. So I just, I didn't feel the need to stick Mm. around. So I left that, and I know you and I, this was the day we went to the beach together. Yes, so actually right after that, we took a bike ride to the ocean. I think we were texting and said like, yeah, let's fly this chicken coop. Yeah, I'm so glad we did that. That was super fun. It was so nice. It was really one of only two breaks we got from the standard Rhythmia programming. We grabbed a couple bikes. And again, we stood around for a long time at the front desk waiting to get permission. To take the bikes that weren't even locked. Or to have them unlocked. Yeah, we hadn't even gotten checked. But you just grab the bike. You get on this very squeaky creature. Yeah. And you take it out to the front gate and they just say, yeah, drive down here and then turn Make right. sort of left somewhere and, and kind you know, of look for water. So, yeah, we're we're very closely looking at the road as we make turns like, I hope we find our way back. Or <laughs> yeah. what if we just get lost in Costa Rica? Uh, lots we passed of- like seven Italian, Italian restaurants. restaurants. I was just going to say yeah. that. What was it with all the Italian restaurants? Like an Italian population there, I'm guessing. I Ma- can't think of any other explanation. We love the food at Rhythmia, but also the Italian food was sounding really good. Yeah, there, it was. There was one guy who kept talking about pizza. At the end of every ceremony, he would make some joke about, oh, right. let's go to my place and order some pizza for delivery. <laughs> and then the shamans would be like, hey, 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 yeah, well, good luck ordering it at this hour. Right. Anyway, so yeah, then we uh, we also passed a really big iguana. That was great. Oh, yes, that's right. An impressive iguana. Very pretty. And then you met a, a dog friend. Uh, okay, so we got down to the water. <laughs> and there was a, well, there's going to be a story about uh, this. There was a cutie cutie pie and he was, he was hanging out by a tree and I came over Ross was picking up rocks and looking at the waves and I was like, Ross, you're missing this dog. So I went over and he was sable colored and he was laying under a tree and I thought, well, you know, he might be a wild dog. He might not really want me to come pet him, but he was like, come on, come on, I'm wagging my tail, come pet me. So I came over and I petted him and I I took pictures with him and I stayed with him until he decided to leave. But then he came back and he laid down again. I think he got a little spooked out because of me. I don't know if it's because I was a guy. Oh yeah, maybe a little scared of men. We hadn't... uh... Uh, we had an established Bonded. rapport. He did keep kicking sand up on his penis. And I don't know what that was about. But he was the sweetest puppy. And then his guardian finally called him and he left. But not before his friend came out with him and we got to see two dogs. Yes. I feel we'll know in advance what Carrie's favorite moment of this investigation was. <laughs> there were also a lot of really good birds at Rhythmia. I used my... <laughs> Carrie loves a bird. My bird uh, identification app oh, to yeah, figure that's out what right. some of them were. You were doing that? Yeah, it was pretty cool. We checked out all the rocks and the little crustaceans mm-hmm. living uh, down in the tide pools there. Yeah, some kind of tiny, tiny fish or tadpole or something in there too. Little hermit crab. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, and the hermit crabs, yeah. yeah. Yeah, then we headed back and that was very pleasant. It was kind of golden hour when we returned so i took a swim and i knew i had less than half an hour i I remember we're getting very close to the next plant medicine ceremony Ceremony. 
So I quickly herbal ran. Herbal support therapy. Yes, herbal will. support therapy, right. Our time with the vine, the mother, the sacred mother, the, <laughs> the grandmother, grandmother. <laughs> whatever name you call it by. I had to get ready for it. So I ran, got on my same pants that I wore every night. Actually, I'm wearing them right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I needed them for another investigation we did today. These are my jammy pants. You better never get rid of those. They've been on a lot of really iconic investigations. I guess so. I was really tempted after the fourth night to destroy them. Oh, that story. We'll explain later. Story coming soon. Anyways, yeah. So I got on my duds and headed over with my token to start our third night of ayahuasca. This one is wild. I still have more to say. Oh, go ahead. So I took a swim, and as I was taking a swim, uh, Jerry came by, and there was only him and me over there by the pool. Him, you, and the moon. Exactly. I waved at him, and he said, hi, hun, look at the moon. And I looked (laughs) up in the sky, and there was a big old beautiful moon, and I said, you're friends. And he said, yeah. (laughs) That's the best response. I love it. And then he, he went in to get dinner, and I went and washed off and went to dinner also. And dinner was so good, Ross. Yeah. It was carrot ginger soup, which is one of my favorites, a spring roll with mango, soba noodles and vegetables, and a brownie with banana ice cream. Wow. Yeah, it was so good. And while I was there, I was sitting next to this guy who was a guest there who also wasn't taking part in plant medicine. And he had the craziest stories and they were so long. It took me, it was so hard to get out of there. How long were they? Oh my God. I think it took him an hour to tell the second story. Oh, whoa. What? Yeah. Oh, buddy, learn to condense. But I will condense for you. What we say after over an hour of podcasting. (laughs) That's true. But this represented like 10 hours. Sure. sure. We're okay. Yeah. He told me about his dead wife, whose name was Moana. Whoa, whoa, yeah. interesting. That, now, that name, of course, has been around for a very long right. time. It means uh, the ocean in many languages. So, And he is from Disney, Hawaii. Disney did not come up with it. Oh, cool. So he runs like a food donation center in Hawaii where he just grows crops and then- Like taro root? Actually, yes, that's the number hey. one. Liquidates some of them and gives the money to senior citizens and then- the surplus food he gives away to the needy. Cool guy. Yeah, really cool guy. So his wife Moana visited him as an angel when he was at Rhythmia earlier, and that really changed his life. And so he went home, and he was like, oh, gosh, I feel like plant medicine has really taught me a lot about forgiveness. And you know who I think could really use plant medicine is my ex, this other woman who had like broken his heart and never talked to me and kind of ghosted on him. And he really had like really resented her. And he was like, you know what? If she did that, that means she has her own shit she's dealing with. So he reached out to her and said, I will pay for you to go to Rhythmia if you want to go. Whoa. And she said, yes. And I was like, wait, is she here? And he's like, yes, she's over there at the (gasps) ceremony. What? Yeah. Do do you know who she was? Uh -uh. (gasps) Uh-uh. Oh my goodness. That's fascinating. Now I want to know. Then he also told me how the last time he was there, he had a medical incident. What a guy. <laughs> I'm sure you weren't reacting to his medical incident. But no. It sounded like it. <laughs> there was a delayed re- <laughs> There was a delayed reaction, much yeah. like when I'm on ayahuasca. But uh, yeah. No, totally. This he guy's was, fascinating. He was great. He's unusual. I mean, I really am shortening these quite a bit for you. I bet. But he was wonderful. And the last time he came to Rhythmia, he went to the ER 
because he was like in really bad shape after yeah. one of the ceremonies. Oh, yeah. You told me about him later. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they couldn't handle it on the ground, so they took him to the ER. And this will be relevant later. Okay. So he actually had to be removed from the premises to go, go to, to a hospital ER. in Costa Rica. Okay. Yeah. Last thing about him, he told me a very, very, very long story about finding his heart. And I won't get into it, but he was told to find his heart and long, long story about trying to do that. And then one day he was standing out in the ocean talking to his therapist on the phone and he looked down and there was a a rock perfectly in the shape of a heart. And he took it and he took it home and he knew that that was the heart he had always wanted. So I'm thinking like, eh, shape like a heart, like that's just two bumps. Yeah. He pulls up a picture on his phone and it is like a factory made little gem heart oh. like that has fallen off of someone's bracelet oh. or something okay and fell into the water and then like months after he started his search for a heart he <laughs> found a gem in the water but i couldn't ruin it for him so i was like wow that's amazing he, all right he, hey listen i have to go it's been an hour and a half of you telling stories <laughs> the odds must be crazy wow yeah. okay well i'm glad he was happy yeah. No, he was the sweetest, sweetest man. That's, and wow. I wonder I if I met him. Maybe. He was a big fella, but man, what a sweetheart. And I hope his ex is doing well. Indeed. So yeah, I was heading in for my third night and here we've talked your ear off. I know people are saying, just, quick, tell me all these ayahuasca stories. I want to hear them. And tell me what happened to the SD card. That's what everyone Yeah, people really care about this SD card. <laughs> I tell you, that that is interesting, but there are far more interesting things coming. We swear they're coming soon. Uh, Next episode, we're going to tell you all about my third night on ayahuasca. For me, it was the pinnacle experience of ayahuasca. A lot happens. It's wild. So I can't wait to tell you about it, but I can. I'm going to wait till next week. So (laughs) keep listening and keep praying, keep loving, keep eating, keep searching. Because searching is the sunny side of strategy. Yep. (laughs) And service is is the the jewel jewel in the the rock rock of attainment. attainment. (laughs) 100%. Still my favorite nugget of wisdom. That's it for our show. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. This episode was edited by Victor Figueroa. A beautiful, beautiful man. And our administrative manager is Ian Kramer. Also a beautiful, beautiful man. He is. You can support this and all our investigations by going to MaximumFun.org forward slash donate. D-O-N-A-T-E. What a magical URL that is. Oh, God. Thank you to all of you who support us and make these adventures possible. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I could look at that URL all day. Go to facebook.com forward slash onrack, O-N-R-A-C. That's where you can see our pictures that we post of the things that we have seen and done. We post our comments and our interviews, other places, all kinds of ways to interact with us there. Do it. There's a video of me at Rhythmia that's not very useful. Well, she shows you around the campus. That's true. That's useful. Uh, You get a real good picture of the place. And you can talk to other fans of Ono, Ross, and Carrie there, share pictures with the community, your own custom tattoos, and birth certificates of the children you have named after us. There you go. That hasn't happened yet. No. I don't think anyone's gotten a tattoo in honor of our show yet either. Hmm. I'm not judging. You can go to iTunes, leave us a positive review, make sure other people find us and know about us. You can tell your friends, and we know you do. We appreciate that. Oh, and you can tweet at us at Ono Podcast. We'll tweet back, maybe. Probably? No, no. We'll see. That's Carrie. Carrie Persons, the Twitter. That's right. And remember... Keep the bus 
Tuppence a bag. Tuppence, tuppence, tuppence a bag. We're all looking at each other like, are you going to keep singing? Oh, all right, all right, you're doing it. Right, you I'm not going to stop. I feel not going to stop. That's what she are you cries. Yes. <laughs> While overhead, her birds fill the skies. All around the cathedral, the saints and apostles look down as she sells her wares. Although you can't see it, you know they are smiling each time someone shows that he cares. So I was trying to harmonize with you. Yeah, no, you were doing the right okay. thing. That threw me up. Though her words are simple and few, listen. Listen, Listen. she's She's calling to you, feed the birds, toppings a bag, toppings, toppings, toppings a bag. Hey, my name is Jonah Ray. You might have seen me on the latest season of Mystery Science Theater 3000 or heard me on the Nerdist podcast. Well, I got a new podcast that's about five years old, but we're moving it over to Max Fun, along with my friend Cash Hartzell. Hey, everybody. And my other friend, Neil. Hi. Neil, So it's a music podcast where a lot of people just kind of hang out and talk about music, but so much more. We also take submissions. And so you can hear your band or our, our music. <laughs> or, or both. Or, or both of it. You could do, you could listen to your band play your music. Yeah. Um, so tune in, why don't you? You could find out about some new bands and maybe just hear us embarrass ourselves as we drink too much. Not too much. Well, it's all perspective, isn't it? Sure is. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.